another episode of Sublime Soul Surrender, everyone. I, Cosmos, am here with a return guest because I just could not get enough of her. Dr. Sonali Deepika, welcome back, Sonali. Thank you. So excited to be back. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Deepika is an integrative medicine physician, but has left that practice in a one-on-one daily interaction with patients and now is a healer of a psychosexual kind. She's a psychosexual healer, somebody who helps people connect with their body and really invite in pleasure and discover the parts of themselves that they may not have been paying attention to. Would you describe Mm -hmm. that in any other way, Sonali? (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) I'm sure all of you all want to experience this. So at the end of this show, please go and listen to the show notes and contact her because I'm sure you will all be excited with what she can do for you. The magic that comes from Sonali. (laughs) I wanted to bring Sonali, of course. I wanted to bring Sonali back because we have a lot in common. For those of you who can't see us, well, none of you can see us, but for those of you who don't know us, (laughs) we both are brown bodied, female identifying people. Even though I'm kind of in a gender fluid place, I still Mm -hmm. use the she pronouns. I use she and they, Mm -hmm. and Sonali uses she and her, Mm -hmm. and we both were doctors. Well, I still am. So funny. I made myself a word already, Sonali. <laughs> you're, you're on your way out. I guess so. Whoops. Don't read that. But um, we both have the doctor degree yes. behind us and have chosen to become coaches. Yes. And the coaching that we do isn't something very commonly done in the part of the world that we are both from, which is mm-hmm. South Asia. Mm-hmm. So Sonali is Sri Lankan and I am Indian. And we talk about sex and we talk about pleasure and we talk about the body. (laughs) And we wanted to dig into that and really kind of share Mm -hmm. our stories. I really wanted to hear from Sonali what it's like to be in this realm of work Mm -hmm. as a South Asian, as Mm -hmm. a female. And what type of resistance you have Mm -hmm. felt both in choosing this as something to do, Mm -hmm. but as you also continue to do it Mm -hmm. and to really have a conversation around this, because this is not special to where we're from. This is probably a common theme for most female identifying bodies around the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think as a culture, our cultures have really looked down on talking about anything that's related to the physical body. It's taboo. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and this is where, and, and all the work emerged from there. I mean, the Kama Sutra is from India. Yes. Like, let's, let's really get real here. So <laughs> I want to open it up to hear your beautiful voice, Nali, and Maybe start off with wherever you feel in that spectrum mm-hmm. of discussions that I just meant, where you feel like you want to start. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, thank you. I, <clears throat> there is so much like 
as you were talking, I'm like, oh, there's, I can, uh, you know, just feel it in my body. Like this is such a, there's a charge around it all, you know? And when you say, we talk about sex, we talk about our bodies, we talk about pleasure, you would think that having gone through our training as physicians, like this is something more commonly talked about. I mean, sex and bodies, you know, but it's shocking that it's not. Considering um, repression, what was coming up for me is that the things that are the most repressed in our in our lived experience often have the most potency there uh, the most potency and most potential and um for me in my life it was it it, it definitely was an area that i i didn't choose to even look at until finding this work. Um, and I think, I think that says a lot. I think that's, um, it, it's just that in itself shows how deeply repressed it was for me. Um, but I think, I think for other, other women as well. And I think for probably in any, in many cultures, you know, this is the case. In the South Asian culture, I feel again like it's it's an area that it's not. It was never encouraged, or for me, I guess I should talk for myself. It was never encouraged. It was never um, an open area of like exploration or anything like that. And I think that does relate to power. Like I think it very clearly relates to power because were it so encouraged and expressed, then it might topple or it likely would topple the the given structure that's there, the given, um, the given power dynamic. And so it was like a very... I think over time, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I would imagine going back and back when I think about my parents' generation and generations be, before them, that, um, that this is something steadily and steadily repressed to keep, to keep a power structure there, to keep that, that power over for women, especially. Wow. Yes. I'm almost absent of words right now because that is a really power. I really want to let that sink in. It is without doubt the opportunity to step into your power when you connect with your body and your energy and you recognize that the whole concept of sexual freedom and liberation leads you to becoming a more powerful human being. So you're absolutely right. In my mind right now, as you were speaking, part of the reason I couldn't speak is because I was flooded with the beautiful image 
of 8 billion human beings on this planet that were sexually liberated. Like, how fucking awesome to just imagine that painting. Yes. In my mind, it is a really huge Michelangelo over the whole world. <laughs> and you're right. That definitely challenges existing systems mm -hmm. of power. Mm -hmm. which goes to what you and I were talking about before we started speaking mm -hmm. here with the group of, of our audience is the patriarchy and mm -hmm. where that's come from and how that's impacted and continues to impact our choices mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. So interesting. So when you think about the power dynamic and how we are challenging it, it's interesting that we can continue to do this work, that we can continue to speak up. Mm -hmm. Yet, there are forums where we can't. We need to right. change our spelling of words and the mm -hmm. images we use in different social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Right. Same, same thing. Mm -hmm. When we bring it home and bring it into our own lives, independent of the power dynamics outside of us. Being Sri Lankan and choosing this work, have you found it difficult to explain to other Sri Lankans why you do it? Or have you felt hesitant to tell them what you do? <laughs> what a good question. Um, yes, <laughs> in a word. <laughs> Yeah. And I I find that I sidestep a lot like, oh, I help women connect to their bodies. I help empower women. So I I still, um, even, even a few years out of doing this, this program that we've both done, um, it's difficult. And that says a lot. It says a lot that I can't just be like, um, this is all about sexuality you know or this work was all about sexuality i i noticed that if i do bring it up in a like family that kind of context that ends the conversation <laughs> very quickly <laughs> tip for our audience members all right if you want to end the dinner party <laughs> Just tell them that you are a sex coach. That the party's over. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, yet I should be fucking crying. I know. I mean, if if like it is a little funny because it's like if I've been I've done this work, I'm still doing it. It's still a process. If it's hard for me, nobody else wants to go there. And. <laughs> This culture, you know, it's like, yeah. like okay, <laughs> let's change the subject. Um, I think I, I really appreciated your image about the sexual liberation or the liberation even in general um, of human beings on this planet. And I think... I was reminded that for me, a big part of the work is that I, well, I wasn't doing it before. I wasn't connected to my sexuality and I wasn't connected to my body. So in this work of 
of making that connection, that's when I was able to be aware and understand the oppression. The oppression that I've been holding in my body. And like, I think that's so important. How do we liberate ourselves if we don't really understand what oppression we're holding? Sexual oppression and all kinds of oppression, you know? And that's where it's, I find this work to be very, really powerful. I know I'm saying powerful a lot in this conversation. It's a great but word. It's, it's just been, it's been, become so clear how disempowered I was for so much of my life, how I hadn't really connected to that. Um, it's even like energetic, you know, the sexual energy and and only after m- making such a connection, it's not like a one-time thing, of course, this is like an ongoing thing, but it's only after that was I, f- was I able to make different decisions, which we, we talked a bit about last time, but I started you know, living from a different place. And um, I remember the first retreat that I went to before I'd started the coaching program. And it's like, there was this concept that came up about what does pussy want? Mm. You know, Um, and like letting that energy, that part of us come alive within us and help steer the direction because so many of us are disconnected from that part of our bodies, from that energy. And, and that's where, you know, we're, we're operating so much from a head space, a mind space. And that's where all this, like the shoulds and the, you know, it must be this, um, it ought to be that, you know, like all of that very much lives there. So it's really shifting a whole direction like you were saying about like coming back to our bodies and really doing it from that place in doing so we remember our liberation our freedom and we can take steps to continue on that path and we can find our voice this is all connected, right? And, and yeah, we become a bit threatening, a bit intimidating. <laughs> Isn't that such a fucking beautiful place to be? <laughs> right? Like, golly, I yes. have this gorgeous image of mm-hmm. golly. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, as a Indian, I am not a practicing Hindu. Mm-hmm. I was born one and I mm-hmm. was one mm-hmm. for a very, very long period of time. Mm-hmm. But as I grew up, I realized that I didn't like the idea of belonging to a religious order because I felt it was more divisive and people right. are separated by having a name to what they practice. And so I really just honor the presence of God and the universe in all different ways. Mm-hmm. But Kali has always stuck with me. And yeah. what's really this gorgeous image in my head, as you were saying, that become a bit intimidating. Yeah. 
she's the embodiment of that power <laughs> that you're describing. <laughs> she's an embodiment of the body and the presence of a <laughs> person in the form of a goddess <laughs> that has the capacity to actually integrate all that we're talking about together in a female persona. Out of all of the deities that I can think of, I do think she represents the force that you are referring to that comes up when you open up your first chakra portal, when you mm. allow your Shakti energy to go through your body, when yes. you say, I am here. Mm -hmm. And you're fearless, right? She cuts mm -hmm. off heads of demons and she carries them in her hand and she has mm -hmm. a sword in the other and she's on top of a tiger. And I'm like, go, yes. You know, I and I get excited when I say this because yeah. I can feel it. Like oh, yeah. we all we all have tendrils of that power, whether yes. you're female or male, non-binary. It does not matter. We have an energetic tendril. We have an energetic right. portal, every single one of us. Mm -hmm. I want to just um, tag on to cause. I love Kali. I also see that you're mid. <laughs> you're about to say something. But... Totally cool. I will come back to my thought. I, want to <laughs> I just love Kali energy and one thing that I just wanted to mention is, yeah, you often see Kali with all these heads because she's like severed, you know, she's just slicing through everything. But one way I learned about that of these different heads is like it's different parts of the ego. I mean, she's like slicing through. So really is Absolutely. what I was talking about, right? All that shoulds, all these things, like these are the um, physical manifestations of those, those voices, all the conditioning, all the things. And it's just like, she just slices through it all. Yeah. The destruction aspect of both what she and Shiv stand for mm -hmm. is that it's the destruction mm -hmm. of self. And I'm glad you're pointing that out. So people can look at it differently and say, it's not meant to be nasty. And she's not necessarily cutting off other people or other images of gods or uh, demons it's your own inner demon yeah or your own as you said ego or other facets of your life like every time we grow from one thing to another we need to let go of something mm -hmm. and if we don't let go and we hold on to whatever that may be then we can't have our full growth mm -hmm. or our full freedom and this is tying into the thought that I had had with all of the things that you had said that were so brilliant. One of the things I wanted to come back to that you had mm -hmm. mentioned was operating from the headspace, which is tied into what I'm talking about with moving on and not having attachment. Mm -hmm. So interesting, if we go back to that concept that yes, our world has honored the intellectual a lot, yeah. has honored the ability to be rational and logical and thoughtful and productive, quote unquote, productive in the way that's going to create more money or create more growth for populations of people in ways that are not necessarily your own inner spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. So as a result of doing that, people end up shutting down what their body wants 
and they ignore it because they have a mandate. They need to be able to keep up so they can have their job, so they can keep up with their bills, so they can be able to do what they want in their life and enjoy their life in the monetary aspect. But as a result of doing that, yes, we totally forget our body and we become like a motor or become like a machine. And we may have days where we feel really tired and exhausted and you'll sleep. So you are listening to your body. Mm -hmm. But the pleasure piece gets put to the side. It's not important Mm -hmm. because it doesn't bring you that productivity because it's, again, Mm -hmm. not honored by society. Right. So thinking about the shift and thinking about the direction and coming into our bodies, the interesting twist that our audience can think about is if you get in touch with your body as an individual Mm -hmm. person, that does not stop you from being able to do what you do to be productive in this world. It enhances it. It actually creates more energy. It makes you realize that their life is juicy, that your word, Mm -hmm. juicy. I think about you whenever I hear the word juicy, (laughs) Sonali. It's a beautiful word. And I think that is something I learned and I wanted to tag on top of something you had said too. You had said Mm -hmm. that you didn't realize the impact of this work until you started to do it. Mm-hmm. For me as well, until I entered Vita as a student, not as a coaching student, but as a student, only then did I realize that I want to do this, that wait a second, I have this part of me I've ignored for at that time it was 46, so for 46 years. Mm-hmm. That's a long time to say I my body doesn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. because I really didn't exert choice in relationships. I did not exert choice in pleasure. And I didn't really even think about all the different amazing ways I could love my body. Mm-hmm. So it opened up a path and an avenue that wasn't only limited to me. And this is again, what I want the audience to hear. It opened up a path for me to help my patients, to help my family, to help my friends. And you see that magic every day. It's the universe that constantly delivers opportunity that now I can notice because I'm aware that it exists. Mm -hmm. And if what I'm saying sounds like it doesn't make sense to you, audiences, I would love for you to send us comments and let us know if we're being too esoteric and if this doesn't actually make logical sense because we are talking about this from a position of what is this work, right? Like, what are we really doing? And people Mm -hmm. that haven't done this don't necessarily even know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I also wanted to say the piece about being South Asian in the headspace, because I think that's important to emphasize is that our families honor our test scores. They honor what school you go to. They Mm -hmm. honor your degree. So then we go and we say, we're going to do something that doesn't really have a college degree necessarily. (laughs) And yeah, we're going to talk about things that you may be hiding in the bedroom doing on your own and not really talking about it in front of other family members or friends. 
we are definitely testing their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to just say thank you to you for all of the different thoughts that you had had. I know that this has been uh, an intense amount of information in a short period of time. <laughs> Letting that settle in. Reflections on what I shared before I ask you another question. Um, yeah, I think that um, the concept of pleasure, seeking pleasure, experiencing it, having this be something that we prioritize is, you know, virtually unheard of <clears throat> in a lot of cultures, <laughs> but definitely in South Asian culture. I don't think that's there. And yet, as you say, it's like we can bring more of that we can bring more turn on into our life like once we are turned on in our bodies to our experiences to our life that affects everyone around us i mean that is a very um magnetic and fulfilled place to operate from in in life and what I learned through this work is how pleasure can be such a resource. It's a resource for when we're stressed. It's a resource for when things are just not going well, um, when we feel down, when we don't have energy. I mean, thinking, if you imagine like the process of thinking, it tends to be quite draining. It tends to be a very depleting process and as you mentioned that's the process that was encouraged and admired and all of this in in this culture you know especially if not in many and and this idea of pleasure is actually so giving it fills us up it's like we get to show up in our brightest and most expansive way um and it's such a different different process so yeah that's that was really coming to me from what you were sharing about pleasure yeah it's so beautiful I love the analogy you're making about the resource it's like exercise you feel better when you're moving Mm -hmm. it's the same endorphin production it's the same oxytocin that's getting released let's get medical right let's talk about the parasympathetic pathways it's that's what's happening Mm -hmm. our bodies are meant to experience everything (laughs) and so I love that you're bringing all of that into the world and into brown-bodied humans (laughs) And let's challenge our fellow brown body humans and tell them proudly that we are love, sex, and relationships coaches. Hello. <laughs> and okay, fine. We're also doctors on the side. But no, can we go back to we are love, sex, relationship coaches? Thank you. This is my card. Hello. You need an appointment. <laughs> Minachi, I think you and I, just in the paths and decisions that we make, we really do push the comfort zone. We push people to our edges, their edges, maybe our own too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, 
to go through medicine, this highly kind of revered, you know, like profession, and then kind of be like, actually, this is what's more <laughs> of value. That in itself is really shifting the, the ancestral pathway, you know. <laughs> it's totally. Like- oh, my God. Yes. It really is. And I will say I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the medical pathway. So I do mm-hmm. honor that journey. Yes. And I, I think yes. it's important. I recognize the breadth of knowledge that we have received and what we bring into our everyday life as coaches, but also Absolutely. the relationships we've met along the way. And, you know, if, if this is what it takes for that beautiful image of the 8 billion sexually liberated people on the planet to wake up, right? then I'm so fucking excited that you and I are doing this because how fun (laughs) to see, you know, before our ends of our days that further generations are doing this by choice from the beginning. Yes. They don't have to go through other processes to say that this is important. They can say it straight up. Mm -hmm. My -hmm. pleasure is important. Just like my body is my temple. My pleasure is my temple. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, more so much more to want to talk about. (laughs) Well, audience, stay tuned. There is more coming. We will not share what, but (laughs) stay with us. More episodes are on the way. (laughs) It has been an awesome, awesome half hour with you, Sonali. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much for inviting me again. I'd love being Beautiful with you. Space. As I said before, if we could be together in the same room, this would be a blast. But it's a blast, <laughs> o- at least over the Zoom. Right. <laughs> and audience, thank you so much for showing up and being here with us, participating in our conversations and our discussions from everywhere around the world. Please comment and talk to us. Tell us what you're thinking. Do you agree or totally disagree? We want to hear it all. And don't be afraid of using those beautiful four-letter words. We like it also. And I hope you keep coming back for more. We will be back. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, night, evening, wherever you are on this planet. And have an amazing journey until we see each other again. Or rather, listen to each other again. Thank you, Sonali, so much. And show notes will have all the ways you can get in touch with Dr. Sonali Wonderful. <laughs> Love you all. Thanks, Sonali. <laughs>